Welcome to Season 3 of the Baby Names Podcast, naming the world one baby at a time. Here are your hosts, the Moss Sisters. I'm Jennifer Moss. And I'm Mallory Moss. And we're the founders of BabyNames.com. And we're sisters too. We are. Still, since the last episode. Yeah, hasn't changed yet. So our first segment is always interesting names we found since the last episode. And Case and I were working on the names of the day for September. And an interesting one came up. Fuse. F-E-W-S. It literally means forest or woods in Old Gaelic. And there's actually a forest called The Fuse in Northern Ireland. And it's become an English surname, probably habitational for families who either lived by The Fuse or lived by a forest. So Fuse, F-E-W-S. That is confusing. I guess it could also be confused with F-U-S-E, meaning like to light something, a fuse. Well, in light of today's episode, I thought I would talk about my students. I teach English online to Chinese elementary kids as my day job. And I never know really who is naming the kids whether it's them or their parents. Sometimes the kids will tell me, oh, my mom named me. And other times I'm... You mean for their English name? Right, for their English names. And I'm pretty much guessing that that's not always the case because I have about 50 Elsas. (laughs) (laughs) Most likely from Frozen, yes. Right, but some of the best names are just nouns that the kids must have heard. Those are my favorites because they are so cute. They're like Wi-Fi, Fairy, and Google. (laughs) Oh, little Wi-Fi. But then there are the names that are likely from the parents that are traditional Anglo names like Stephen, Thomas, and Jerry. There are a lot of Jerry's. wonder why that is. Maybe from Tom and Jerry? I mean, are there any famous Jerry's right now? All I can think of is like Jerry Lewis or Jerry Seinfeld. I think, honestly, I think that it's probably just a common Chinese name. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, or it's easy to say in their language. I just don't know. Who knows? But that's a good segue into our topic of the week, changing names. Now, this is our first ever two-part episode, a milestone, because we have two really great guests. We do. So there are many reasons a person might want to change their name, the simplest of which is they just don't like the given name. True. You just might not feel like your name fits, or maybe someone famous or infamous has the same name as you and you don't want to be identified with them. And when it comes to surname, changing your last name, the most common reason that a person might change that is marriage or divorce. I don't know anything about that. Okay. If you're changing your surname because of marriage, you have your marriage license as the official document, then here in the U.S. you change your name with the Social Security Administration, driver's license, bureau, credit cards, etc. Yeah. And if it's not through marriage or you want to change your given name or middle name, you have to file that with the court, either in your county, province, or state. And then you have to say why you're changing your name. So it's not because you want to evade the law or any charges against you. Or financial claims. Right. Debt. 
So they have to vet everything so they make sure you're not doing it to avoid charges or to pretend you're someone else. Correct. So I can't change my name to Iggy Azalea? No, that's a trade name. (laughs) Here in the U.S., each state has its own rules and procedures. And guess what? We've gathered all the information and put it on babynames.com. It's under name advice, then name change laws. Yeah, that was the work of our sister Sue. She is a super researcher. Mm-hmm. Another reason people have changed their name in the past is because of immigration. As they came into the U.S., particularly on Ellis Island, the person who recorded your name might have spelled it incorrectly or decided it was, quote, too ethnic, unquote, or just to simplify it. Or the person coming in might not have been literate and therefore never spelled their name before. As you entered into the U.S. as an immigrant, the name that was recorded then became your legal name. Sometimes people deliberately change their name to fit into a new culture and to avoid discrimination, especially during World War II, where the Jews faced such horrid discrimination in their homelands by the Nazis. They felt that they needed to assimilate when they emigrated to the U.S. Our great-grandpa Ignatz went by Iggy, or Ignatius, here in the States, not to avoid persecution, but most probably because it was easier to pronounce. Yeah, and possibly to ward off discrimination, too. The Jewish side of our family were not very, like, practicing or religious. Nope. Now, as we've mentioned on previous apps, our family's surname was changed. Our two older sisters were born with a different surname than we were. And we'll talk all about this on our Facebook Live on Thursday, 1 p.m. Pacific. So join us on our Facebook page. So like we said, we have a special guest for today's episode, Dr. Karen Panizzi. Dr. Panizzi is a linguistic anthropologist at the University of Western Ontario. She studies names and naming from an anthropological perspective, comparing practices across cultures and languages. And in particular, she's written on the subject of names, immigration, and assimilation. So welcome, Karen, to the Baby Names podcast. Thank you. It's great to be here. So first, I always ask this of my guests, what started your own fascination with names? Well, since I was a child, I've I've been interested in different languages and other cultures. And names are one part of that, since names are words that originate in particular languages. But names are also treated in unique ways in various cultures. And then I used to make up names for my stuffed animals or or even for myself. Me too. (laughs) Yeah, when I was playing as a kid and I I would, you know, the stranger the better, I'd make up all kinds of creative names. And then later as as an adult doing anthropology research with immigrants, I, I started asking about difficulties that they had with their names. And I really found that names were a way to connect language and culture and identity in ways that I thought were interesting. Yeah, that's so fascinating. And that's what our topic is this week. Baby Names has been online for 24 years now. And every so often we do get an email from someone who wants to Americanize their name. And I say Americanize in quotes, or anglicize, I guess is the term. And often it's like a university student who's coming to study. And I noticed more often than not that it's someone from East Asia. So do you find that there are certain cultures more than others that feel they need to change their name to assimilate? I have asked that question in my own research, and other scholars have 
too. Uh, in the Canadian and American context where English is dominant, we find that people whose names originate in languages that English speakers have trouble pronouncing or spelling properly, they are more likely to change their names. And there are you know, a few reasons for that. One is that they just get tired of hearing the mis mispronunciation, so they'd rather pick something else. Yeah. Or that maybe they want to make things easier on others. They don't want to cause problems. They don't want to be the source of other people's troubles. And some people just don't want their name to be the focus of attention. They don't want to call attention to the difference of having this different name and making they don't forget about that. So that is often people with, you know, Chinese or Korean names who might take on an American sounding alias. Uh, but it also might be somebody from India or Thailand with a, a very long name who wants to shorten it for, you know, for the American audience. <laughs> so do you think it has to do with like the difference in alphabet too? Yeah, it happens when the when the name is going from a different writing system into the English alphabet. So it could be Arabic, Hebrew, Japanese, Russian, you know, but but also when the letters look the same, but are pronounced differently. So if you look at something like Polish or Portuguese or indigenous languages of, of North America, where, you know, accent marks might be left out. So then that changes the pronunciation or just they have different sound value for that for that letter that we, we look at it and we think we know what it is, but that's not how they would say it. Right. Right. It's not always where they come from, but why they're coming. So some people deliberately choose a new name when they immigrate, right? Because it represents a new phase of their life, an opportunity to remake themselves. So they, they might do it willingly, uh, or maybe they're obliged to change their name to protect their identity, or for example, refugees who are trying to escape persecution. So name changes aren't always just about like assimilation. There could be voluntary reasons for that. Yeah. I was looking through your blog and I saw an article about teachers who insist on changing the names of foreign students. And I have a friend who was born in Serbia and moved here when she was six. And her name was Jovana with a J, J-O-V-A-N-A. -A. Not hard to pronounce or spell at all. No. But when she entered school here in the U.S., her teacher insisted on renaming her to Joanne and would only call her Joanne. And when she was talking about this, she said it so matter-of-factly, but I was like horrified because I, you know, I feel like your name is so tied to identity. And, you know, of course, this was probably back in the 80s. And so culture is a little different now. But is this a common practice that teachers do this? Uh, yes, actually, unfortunately, teachers really do have a tremendous power to influence how children develop their identities and how others in the classroom perceive them. So, you know, some people might think they're helping the student fit into the dominant culture, but others might just want to make things easier on themselves if they don't believe they can pronounce the, the unfamiliar name. But I've certainly heard lots of stories from people with these experiences today. So it you know, didn't, didn't stop in the 80s um, from teachers, from bosses at work, basically people in positions of power you know, rename or give nicknames without asking. And that's one of the reasons why I, in one of my publications, I wrote a, a, a list of recommendations on, you know, what to do and what not to do with, with diverse names. And one of those recommendations is never rename others or give nicknames or suggest they should shorten their name or something. Let, let that other person offer you an alternative if they have one, but otherwise just do your best to learn their name. Don't, don't try to change it without permission. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and we'll link to that article in the show notes for you so people can read it. What are some disadvantages people have faced if they don't change their name to conform to the culture in which they live? Well, first I'd want to say that the disadvantages I'm hearing about in my research are, are not only for immigrants, but 
anyone whose name is marked as linguistically or ethnically different. So they could be born in the U.S., but have the name that is distinct in, in different ways, right? So one of the things is discrimination in hiring and housing applications. There have been studies to show, oh. to show that, right? So applications or resumes are discarded because people have prejudices and make assumptions. So, you know, for example, a Chinese or a Vietnamese name and people assume that they don't speak English well or an Arabic name and, and that, you know, that provokes prejudiced assumptions about religion or politics. Another thing is social exclusion and just this kind of perpetual feeling of not belonging, of, of being foreign, right? So being asked personal questions like, where are you from? Or what are you? Every time yeah. they introduce themselves, you know, that kind of interrogation about origins, ethnicity, race, it's all based on the assumption that someone with that name must not belong to this place or this country. And, and people with certain kind of names get asked that kind of question constantly from, from strangers, coworkers, anyone, you know, and it, and it wears them down. It lets them know that they are different. They're, they're never really fitting in. Yeah, you're right. I mean, like I ask because I'm a name person. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so if there's anybody who has an, any kind of different name, I'm like, oh, wow, tell me the story about it. But I can understand how if somebody gets asked that over and over and over again, it could get old and and they don't want to go into it. Yeah, that's right. Or, or just like, yeah, it's none of your business on the first day we meet, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, like, oh, you know, what's your background type of thing? And it's true. It's a very sensitive question. The the third the third thing I was going to mention there for disadvantages was uh, in education, right? So having a name that's difficult to pronounce or spell or remember can can mean that those kids don't get called on, right? They get ignored, they get laughed at or teased. So they, they're losing opportunities to have their voices heard or have their questions answered and, and ultimately to learn, right? So it, and schooling, you know, takes up a lot of, you know, many years, important years. So that's a, that's a big one. When I'm asking about it, they all mention school. Something happened in school. You know, they all have a story about something that didn't go well. And because kids have no filter and they're sometimes really cruel. Yeah. And with the teachers too, right? Because they're the ones with the power. Yeah. Uh, do you think American culture is getting better, though, and more accepting now of ethnically diverse names? Uh, well, I do think there are so many different kinds of names that people expect a certain level of diversity. So maybe it's not surprising as much for people to meet someone with an unfamiliar name or maybe hear them among public figures and that. But prejudices and discrimination are, you know, still widespread. There's always this tendency to prefer the familiar, or, you know, people we perceive to be similar to ourselves. I think it depends what community you're talking about, right? There's more diversity in big cities, for example, possibly more acceptance there than in smaller towns with less diversity. But another thing that I've noticed, though, is, is to see that many people are keeping their ethnic names now who might have changed them in the past. So there's not fairly an expectation for that, right? People who maybe had been using an American or English name during their school years to fit in, as we just talked about. But then as adults, they reclaim their ethnic name. They become more confident in themselves and who they are. And so in some cases, it might be that those names are more accepted. But it could also be that even if they still face exclusion and insults and discrimination about their name, they're prepared to take that on now because they're proud of who they are. And I think we're seeing more of, of that now. Right. More pride of culture. Yeah. And okay, finally, what would your advice be if someone is going to come to the U.S. or the Americas and they want to choose an anglicized name? Are there any tips or advice you can offer? Uh, well, I would say it's their choice, really. Like, I wouldn't want to say whether they should do it or shouldn't do it. If they if they ask my opinion on a particular name, I would maybe offer some possible associations like, you know, oh, that's a name that was popular a few generations ago or that's you know, more used for children or something. But like, I, I don't want to be picking names out for them. Oh, you look like a Jenny or something. Right. 
the advice would maybe kind of rephrase what I said in the sense of ask people, right? If you're going to pick a new name for yourself, ask people, what does this sound like? Or, or does this have any of these kind of associations that I mentioned? Like, is this a proper name that would be suitable? Yeah. Sometimes they'll tell us what they want it to mean. They're yeah. like, can you suggest some names that mean sunshine or something to that effect? Because they have something in mind. And sometimes they're just like, can you take my name and suggest something that's close to it in terms of phonetics? So I will be able to respond easier. Yeah, I think a lot of times people want, they're just trying to figure out like, should I change it or not, you know? And there's no answer to that. It's really a personal choice. Exactly, because there's many reasons why people may or may not want to do that. And I think this to me gets to the idea of what a real name is, because another you know question that people don't like to be asked is, what's your real name? You know, right. so if they say my name is Mary or something. Well, what's your real name? You must have a Chinese name or something. And that's, again, it's a personal question in the sense of it's real enough for them if they're using it, or maybe that is their real, you know, what do you mean by real name? Right? Uh, and people can have multiple names, name that you use for a certain group of people and a name that you use at work or whatever. So the, to make that assumption that you're, you know, you're kind of interrogating them about a you know, real name like you're a detective or something. It just, it usually doesn't go over very well. Yes, don't ask people what their real name is. Yeah, it's a personal issue. And they might not necessarily want to say. Yeah. Well, and you're also suggesting that whatever they said to you isn't a real name. Isn't real. Yeah. Right. Is, is false in some way. Exactly. So Karen, thank you for joining us. And how can people find you online? Oh, uh, you're very welcome. Um, I do have my page, so it's University of Western Ontario, and then search for, you know, Karen Panisi, and then my, my website called Names and Identity. Lovely. Thank you again. So, Mal, that was my conversation with Dr. Panisi, and I think she made some really great points. The main point that I got out of the interview was don't rename someone else or tell them what their name should be. Yeah. Don't ask someone what their, quote, real name is, because that implies that the name they're going by is not their real name. Right. And we absolutely don't advocate that anyone change their name for assimilation or for any reason. It's a personal choice. Absolutely, it's a personal choice. Um, Didn't she also say that you shouldn't ask someone what the meaning of their name? No, the background, the ethnicity. Oh, okay. Because it's not your business. And they think you're going to judge them right. based on their ethnicity. So that's not a cool thing to do. And you know what? I've realized that I've done some of these things. And as I said in the interview, because I'm so fascinated with names, I have asked the background of someone's name. And as Dr. Panisi said, it's really none of anyone's business. You know, people have the right to call themselves whatever they want, and other people should respect that. Yeah, it's the idea of self-definition. Right. We'll talk about all of this in part two of Changing Your Name when we discuss transgender renaming with our special guest, Dr. Olivia Danforth. So tune in on September 15th for part two of Changing Your Name. And now it's time for Celebrity Baby News. 
Well, my favorite news this time is Katy Perry and Orlando Bloom's new baby girl. Mm -hmm. Unlike many other celebrities, they released the darling name right away. It is Daisy Dove Bloom. Get it? Daisy Bloom? What do you think of that name, Jen? Oh my gosh. You know me. I've said don't make pun names. And Daisy Bloom is definitely a pun name. But it's also pretty cute. <laughs> I mean, for a baby. I don't know if Daisy Bloom can command the boardroom, but it's... Oh, Daisy Bloom can run the studio. Okay, maybe Daisy Bloom will have her own... Maybe she'll become a fashion designer. Because that's what it sounds like to me, a fashion designer. Uh, my news this week is pretty interesting. Leah Michelle and husband Zandy Reich welcomed a baby boy on August 20th, and they named him Ever Leo Reich. I think you had some input on that Leo part. However, if you think about it, like I said, people use a first name and last name to introduce people. So he will be going by Ever Reich which is not a good name for someone of Jewish descent. Definitely. Oh, Leah, 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 why didn't you consult with us? What do you think, Mel? What do I think? What do you think I think? It's not a good name for anyone, not just Jews. That's true. For once, I'm hoping they change their baby name. Yep. Okay, but here's another one for you. We knew the Bella twins were going to have interesting names. Well, Nikki took a traditional Italian name as we expected. The baby's name is Matteo. Oh, that's nice. I like Matteo. The middle name is after hubby Artem and is Artimovich. Okay. Check out the Instagram, though. The baby's eyes are beautiful. Okay, now for the bad news. <laughs> Brie named her baby Buddy Dessert. Dessert like you have dessert at night? <laughs> well, that's how it's spelled. Not dessert or something like that? I don't know. I just know it's spelled dessert, and everyone will think it's dessert like I do. Okay. The baby's last name is Brian with a Y. Buddy Brian? I think between this and Everreich, we have the two worst baby names of the year. I, uh, Buddy Brian is all right, but dessert? Well, like I said, if you're going to need to put a name in there and stick it somewhere that nobody's going to see, <laughs> the middle name is where you do it. But I'd like to know the background on that and why they chose dessert. Well, Brie is a food name, but it, you don't eat brie for dessert well it's the cheese course <laughs> exactly why are we even having this conversation okay let's move on let's move on country music star mickey guyton and her attorney husband grant savoy i love that name announced that they are expecting mickey full name candace McHale guyton is known for being the first black female artist signed by a country music label it said that she was inspired to be a singer at the age of eight when she saw Leanne Rhymes sing the Star Spangled Banner at the start of a Texas Rangers game. I think that's so cute. Yeah. Also, take a look at her ultrasound pics. They sure have changed since we had babies, Mal. I know. It's like 3D. Yeah. It's so crazy. I can't believe these photos. Take a look. 
Well, Scarlett Byrne, who played Pansy Parkinson in the Harry Potter series, had her baby on August 24th. Shan Hub named the baby Betsy Rose Hefner after Hubby's grandmother who passed away last July. Hubby is indeed Cooper Hefner, who is the son of Playboy's Hugh Hefner. I don't like Betsy as a given name, though. Name her Elizabeth and call her Betsy. You know me. I don't know. I like Betsy. No nicknames as given names. I don't think people even know that Betsy is from Elizabeth anymore. Really? <laughs> it's it's like Peggy from Margaret. I don't think people know that. Yes, they know that. No, I don't think they do. Okay, whatever. Camilla Lolly. <laughs> Camilla la 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 la. <laughs> Camilla Luddington from Grey's Anatomy has announced that she and actor Matthew Allen have had baby number two. They named him Lucas, and he follows their first daughter, Hayden, who was born in 2017. Interesting, another female Hayden, like Hayden Panettiere. Hey, what's she been doing since Nashville ended, I wonder? I couldn't even tell you she was on Nashville. Oh, it was such a good show. I miss it. Rachel McAdams and screenwriter Jamie Linden have announced that she is pregnant. Ooh, she is so pretty. They are already parents to two-year-old son, but the name has never been publicly released. Interesting. Well, she wants her privacy. A lot more uh, celebrities are doing that nowadays. Yeah, that's true. American Idol couple Gabby Barrett and Katie Fuller who met during season 16, announced that they are expecting. Do you still watch American Idol now? I gave up. It's just too much TV for me. Candace King from The Vampire Diaries and the Originals announced that she and Joe King, the Frey guitarist, are five months along in their baby journey. Joe King. Like joking. <laughs> okay. Their other child is Florence May. Oh, that's a cute name. Uh, didn't you skip some news about some Duggars? Yeah, I know. That is not necessarily fair. Well, I will mention that Joy Anna Duggar named her baby Evelyn May Forsyth, which is pretty cute. Yeah. This does follow her miscarriage in July 2019, so we wish them Mazel Tov and congratulations on their new arrival. And who was the other one? I don't know and I don't care. Yeah, okay then. <laughs> And now for our last segment is when we take questions from you, our listeners. So here's the first one. Hi, Jennifer and Mallory. Just listening to the latest episode on the names of names and wanted to give you some insight on zoonim or zoonim. We had some discrepancy there. From my experience at college where I studied animal care, it was always pronounced zoo when talking about zoonosis, diseases and parasites which can be transferred between animals and humans. Not sure if it's the official term, but it was what we were taught. Hope this helps, and thanks again for the awesome podcast. Abby. I don't agree. I still think it's zo... Because oh, I'm right. <laughs> no, I still think it's zoology. That was the thing. And ology, biology, psychology. I still think it's zoology. All right. Why don't you take the second one, Matt? All right. Dear Jennifer and Mallory, I've been collecting character names that I like from books forever. I didn't stop after my kids were born. I have no idea why, but I can't help myself. 
There is one name that I would have loved to have used, but alas, I only had boys. I did not find it in your database. It's Desdra. Isn't that a pretty name? I don't remember where I got it. Never wrote down the name of the book. I Googled it, and the only place I found it was as the name of an asteroid, supposedly a derivative of the city Dresden. But I think it is a beautiful name. Also, what kind of pseudonym is it when you use by a lady? Jane Austen used this for her books as she did not want any fame. Love your podcast. When I found it a couple of weeks ago, I binged every episode. Yay! Lockdown makes you do strange things. Well, thanks a lot, <laughs> Colleen. <laughs> strange things like binging on the Baby Names podcast. That's right. Okay. And she also noted that her name is spelled with one L, Colleen, which everyone gets wrong, she says. First, let's go backwards. First, when you use a pseudonym... When it's just by a lady, I consulted with Dorothy Dodge Robbins, whom I know from the American Name Society. And I said, is this a pseudonym or what? And together we came up with it's an anonymous, an anonym pseudonym. Hmm. So it is a pseudonym, but it's also anonymous. So it's both. So that's interesting. And thanks for asking. And then I did some research on Desdra, D-E-S-D-R-A. And I don't think it has anything to do with Dresden because that first R is not in the right place. I think it's a contraction of Desideria, um, which is like the female form of Desiderio. And that was Desi Arnaz's full name. Mm. It means desired or wanted and was a popular name in Spanish-speaking cultures. Now, Desi was from Cuba, but Desiderio is also common in South America as well and is also a surname. So anyway, thanks for writing, Colleen. We will add it to our database. By the way, the book where she found the name was probably Dragon Riders of Pern, a sci-fi fantasy series by Anne McCaffrey. She's got some great character names in there, but most interestingly, Jaxom, J-A-X-O-M, kind of predicting the Jackson craze. And she wrote that all the way back in 1967. Crazy. It is very similar. Jaxom. I'm going to have to put that in the database, too. Mm -hmm. So anyway, folks, that's the show. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to follow us on all our socials at babynames.com with the D-O-T spelled out. And join us for Baby Names Live on Facebook Live this Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Hear you then, Jen. I will see you and hear you then. Take care. I love you. Love you too. And we love our listeners and our sister Sue, our daughters, Ronnie and Miranda, our nephews, etc., etc. They have names. I know. It's like the professor and Mary. (laughs) Our nephews, Ike and Peter. We love you all. And we We love you too. Stay well and stay safe. Yes. Yes.